Welcome to the Family Alpha Podcast, a place where men, families, and the truth have a voice. The information shared on this podcast is meant to be applied. Now, here is your host, Zach Small, founder of thefamilyalpha.com and co-founder of thefraternityofexcellence.com. Let's get to work. Welcome to another episode on the Family Alpha Podcast. I am your host, Zachary Small, and today I am joined by husband, strongman athlete, and coach of many, Jeremy Clevenger. Jeremy, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me on, Zach. It's, it's, a, it's been a blast, and like I told you before, beforehand, um, with this being my first podcast, it was really, really cool to get on here and be able to just share my story. Because um, a lot of people, when they bring people on a podcast, they have like a set topic that they want to talk about. And for you, it was just like, I want to get you on here. I want you to share your story with everybody and just let let it roll from there and get people to know you. So thanks for having me on. Yeah, no, this is your first podcast, but I guarantee it will not be your last, you know, especially once people hear the story. And that's exactly what I wanted to talk to you is, is your story. It's incredibly interesting to me. You know, you're a strongman athlete, something I've never done. You coach clients, you help people that are trying to get their uh, their training as well as their nutrition locked in. That's something I don't do. You know, you're you're married. That's something we can align on. I understand that part of it. But it's cool to see you going in a time frame where the world is kind of crazy right now. You know, like there's a lot going on. And yet it seems like this is when you decided to bring a sense of calm, a sense of black and white, you know, pick the weight up, put the weight down, eat the good food, drop the bad food. You know, you're bringing a sense of stability and that's the kind of message I want to promote on my platform. So with that, you know, with the world hearing, you know, Jeremy's story for the first time, how did you go into the the realm of weightlifting? Were you a high school athlete and you worked your way up or what turned you into the strong man you are today? Yeah. So starting off, um, I've pretty much been an athlete since I was about three. Um, they used to let soccer kids start right, right around three or four. Um, they just had like a little junior league just to get on there and kick the soccer ball around. And I actually, I started off and I excelled at it. I mean, there'd be times where I just take off the, down the field and I just always wanted to be competitive. And like my dad will tell me now, he's like, dude, looking back when you were three years old and you're just down there scoring on everybody. And that was kind of the, the groundbreaking part for me. Cause from there it just continued. I played soccer from three till I was in sixth grade once I got in fifth grade, I started playing football and those kind of overlapped. So I dropped soccer and decided to jump into football. Um, I was a three sport athlete from middle school all the way through high school. I was a state champion football player. Um, I was a semifinal qualifying wrestler um, at the state level and then wasn't big enough to make it into college. Didn't have that potential. I was a defensive end, but I'm 5'10 and in high school, I was 175 pounds. So playing at a big school like Ben Davis, I was played outside linebacker, played defensive end, and a lot of special teams just to get out on the field simply for the for the sake of being competitive. Um, but, yeah, from there it was just I was I was always in the gym. I had weightlifting during school. I would go in before school to train, and then we would have mandatory after-school weightlifting, especially during the off-season, um, to just continue to, to continue to get strong because I went to a powerhouse. Um, I don't know if you've heard of Ben Davis, but they're a, a very big athletic-based school. Um, and so strength sports is such a big part of that and being a wrestler being a baseball player and being a football player, it, it all requires a strength base. So that was what kept me in there. And then once I got outside of high school, that's where I found my passion for, um, wanting to continue that and find a way to monetize that, that, uh, hobby, if you want to call it at that point. 
Um, did you, so, so bringing it back a little bit, did your, did your father or did your family when you were coming up, was there a focus on strength training? No, my dad's always loved sports. Like he, he loves watching football and that was kind of like our, our bonding um, time. He'd come to all my, he was literally at every sporting event I was at. We would just watch football on TV and we'd break down literally watching a live game on there. Um, he didn't, he, he got me my first weightlifting set when I was, I think nine or 10 and it was just out in the garage and it was one of those cheap Walmart bench sets. And so I was out there and I would just start cranking out sets of 10 to 15, um, got me some dumbbells and that was just kind of building my base. And then from there, um, he obviously invested in me getting a coach, getting a strength coach outside of, outside of high school, um, to just continue to push that because he knew that I had potential. I didn't know that I did at the time because in high school I was 5'4 and 180 pounds. Like I was a short little fat kid. And I just knew I'd seen other people transform from that. And I was like, if they can do it, why can't I? Well, that's a beautiful What's mindset that? to have. You know, it's yeah. so I'm 5'8. So this is like the Mighty Mites right here, you know, going at it. But <laughs> it was the same thing, you know. I I played offense, defense, and special teams, all, you know, kickoff, kick return, punt, punt return. So there were games that never left the field. Even though I was one of the smaller dudes, I sort of compensated because I'm like, I had something to prove and it's, I think that's a healthy, you know, mindset to take is like, look, why not me? You know, you, you have every reason to win. You're, you're, you're tall, you know, you're jacked. You have all the genetics to win. I have something to prove. And I think that that plays well to people who aren't just genetically gifted. You know, if you don't naturally have the talent, you got to have the heart. And it sounds like that's what you had is that the heart came in and then you're taller than me. So you got some of the height, but it is what it is when it comes to, you know, the, the next level of professional or collegiate, but to bring it back somewhat, you know, one of the things I've been asking myself, and I'd love to hear your opinion, is it seems as though, and I may be biased because of the network and sort of echo chamber I'm in on Twitter, but it seems as though fathers are waking up and families are waking up to the importance of strength training with their children. Are you seeing an increase in that, you know, with your clients and all that? Like they're looking to get themselves in shape and it's sort of bleeding into how they're parenting. I definitely am. So when it comes to the the clients that I coach or the kind the clients that I started off coaching, it was mainly just athletes. And from there, I had a few people who their parents would come into the gym and train while I'm training their, their son or their daughter. Um, and so that was able, I was able to pull their parents in and get them introduced into what's weight training. Although I wasn't coaching them, they would just come in and do their own thing. Um, I think it's really cool. There's one kid that I train. Um, he lives down on the South side of Indy and he's a, he's a standout baseball player. And his dad would come in and train. His dad's paying me X amount of dollars a month, but his dad would come in with his membership and literally work out for an hour, three or four times a week while I'm training his son. It's like, if I wasn't training his son, would he, would his dad probably be getting that gym experience? Highly doubtly or highly doubted. Um, But with that, it's, it's cool to see. And I was, I've even thought about doing that too, especially like being an FOE is introducing a, a training program for fathers to do with their sons. Where it's like, hey, this is mainly for you, but if your son's interested in it, by all means, we can switch the programming up and we can customize it to where you're able to, obviously, on a lower scale, train with your son in, in that way. So you're saying son, but as a father of a son and daughter, what would the training program be different if for a girl? Um, starting out, it wouldn't be very, very much different at all, um, just because when you start out on a very basic level, it's just learning your body. So yeah. I mean, doing jumps, doing explosive jumps, um, pushing a sled, pulling a sled, doing lunges, figuring out how your body works. And that's how it is for most athletes, especially from, I'd say probably from like 10 to 12, 13, 
It's just finding out how to use your body because everything that you do in strength training, you use your entire body on whether you realize if you're bench pressing and you can figure out how to use your legs on the bench press, you're going to move more weight because you're just activating more muscles at the same time. Same thing on deadlift and your squat. If you can figure out how to use all the muscles that you have, you're going to, you're just going to move more weight. That's just, it's just how the body works. Um, so teaching kids, um, sons or daughters, how to, how to just be comfortable and be functional moving their body, whether that's lateral jumps or box jumps, or like I said, pushing a sled, just building that base level of strength before you start tearing off one way or the other. No, that's awesome. And I really like the way you sort of flip that on me. You know, I, I thought you'd be training the parents and the kids would catch on or they would, they'd be the byproduct, you know, the second order of training, but you're training the younger ones and the parents are seeing it and joining. That's awesome. Like that, what a great thing for a parent to do is to see why would I ask my child to do something I wouldn't do? You know, I'm bringing him here to train to get better. You know, the gentleman about baseball, you know, my son's coming here to play baseball and get better. Well, I'm here. I've got to bring them. Why not work out myself? That's a great example. And I'm really happy to hear that's happening. But to go back to go to your story. So you played football, you wrestled. Did you, were you trying to go to the collegiate level or is that where you broke off and you said, I'm actually going to commit more to the strength training and I'm going to become a strong man. So I didn't branch off to where I realized I wasn't going to go to the collegiate level. So probably my senior year, um, I had a few offers from just some local D three colleges um, with that, with my academics, I would have gotten close to a full ride, but it wasn't, I mean, it was still far too offsetting with the price and everything like that. So I knew that I wasn't going to go to college or go to the professional level for any of the sports that I was playing at the time. Um, but from about freshman, sophomore year, I just wanted to learn more about strength training. So it wasn't necessarily, I was just going into the gym to get the workout in and still chasing that goal of, of being a collegiate athlete. Cause I mean, every kid wants to, that's why you play football. That's why you play baseball. You want to make it to the next level and then the next level where eventually you're getting paid to do the shit. Um, so once I was able to separate that, that's when I started diving in more. As soon as I turned 18, I got my personal training certification. I, I was just training at the YMCA. I was giving out tips for free. I was helping family members um, with any questions that they had regarding training, realizing that now compared to what I know then I didn't know shit. And some of the stuff that I was giving out, I'm probably like, just what the hell was I thinking? Um, but yeah, being able to to split those two off and realize, okay, I'm not going to get paid to play the sport, but I can get paid to get people who do play the sport to be stronger and to excel in the sport. That's where I was able to make that, that differentiation and just run with that. So that's pretty much what I've been doing since then. That's awesome. Now, now, how do you qualify or become certified, you know, strongman? Like, you can't just say that, right? Like, you have to compete. You've got to achieve. you got to hit some sort of benchmark. Or how does that work? Yeah, so there, there's different levels of strongman. Um, obviously, you've got, like, world strongest man, which is all the guys like Thor who are just genetic freaks. Um, there's nothing that I could ever do to get to that level. There's not, there's not an amount of drugs I could take. There's not an amount of time training I could take to get to that level, but there is open class and there's pro class. So the way that it starts off is when you go into your first competition, they have, it's called the novice class, which is going to be lighter weights. They has typically have it split between like a lightweight and a heavyweight class. Then once you win your novice show, you go into the open class, open class has a lot more subdivisions. So like for men's, it's like 175 pounds, 200, 231, 265 and then heavyweight. So then from there, once you get into the open class, now you're qualifying for nationals. Now you're qualifying for the Arnold classic from there. 
you make it to nationals or you make it to Arnold Classic, top three at nationals gets their pro card. And I think the winner of the Arnold Classic gets their pro card. So that's when you're starting to get sponsorships from people. Um, people are obviously like people like Rogue and SBD are paying you to wear their gear. They're paying for your events. Um, and honestly, just from there, once you get your pro card, it seems like everybody wants to be coached by a professional. What, whatever that means, it's like I'm not going to raise my price when I get to be a pro. I'm, I'm going to keep my same price um, because I haven't learned anything more simply from getting a pro status. Like some people get their pro status and they double the prices. And it's like me getting my pro card doesn't mean that I've gained any more knowledge from it. It's just, I've taken the knowledge that I have now I've applied it to it. And now I'm a professional where that that's been one of my goals has just been to be a professional athlete. And so I was like, okay, I've made it here. Once you have your pro card, you don't lose it. I think you have to compete like every five years to keep it, which is very easy to do. Um, but once you get to that level, it's, it's definitely your, you're with some of the strongest people in the world, especially with the United States pro class that they have. So with you, when you're talking of this level of competition and of just people coming together to pursue these maximal efforts, you know, you're talking like the 0.1%. These are like the 1% of lifters out there, you know, like, and, and you've made it to that level, which is awesome. But for me to bring this back to the people listening to this podcast, they're, you know, your quote unquote average dude, you know, maybe you've got somebody who's like a little bit of a specimen and he's looking to get a little more jacked. A lot are fathers who just want to get their workouts in and stay strong and, you know, not be embarrassed, take it off their shirt. And you recently released a program, you know, the, is it the 15 weeks of uh, off season training? Yeah. So it's the total off season training package. Um, and, and I designed that with athletes in mind, but it's, for the off season because it's to build your base level of strength again. So not only is it for athletes, but it is for just your general health seekers. It's for pretty much anybody who's looking to build their, their foundational level of strength. Um, and it's a 15 week peak. It takes you into progressing into a one rep max. Um, just so that way you have a base idea of where you are not saying that you have to max out at the end of it. That's just the way that it guides you. Um, Cause typically that's what athletes want to see. That's a good way to, to guide their strength gains over the course of their off season where they're able to be like, Hey, I squatted 400 at the beginning of it, squatted 450 at the end of it. So I've added 50 pounds to my squat. They're able to, they're, they're able to perform better on the field. Their coaches feel more highly of them. Um, but just for, for men in general, it's, it's a great, it's a very foundational level of, uh, of training that, like I said, is pretty much suited for anybody. That's what I noticed. I was looking at the testimonials and it seemed like people were coming from many different walks of life and many different starting points as well. You know, some had more weight to lose, others had more muscle to build, you know, and just their ages, they all ranged. You know, I've seen what you've been doing inside FOE and during uh, our call last night, you know, you're talking to one of the men who is totally on this side of the spectrum, another man, totally other, totally different goals. And you were talking about how they were, they were unique with your training, but it's, it's also, you're much more diversified now. You're not just training strong men, you know, and I, I guess one of the questions I had for you was we have men like AJ Cortez. He's got his spin on things. He's very, uh, not, not counterculture, but he's unorthodox in his training programs. You know, he takes some bro science, he takes some of his science, he puts it together and like, this is what he thinks best. You've got Phil Foster. He has like surgical precision as to what you're looking for and how he can help you get there. What would you say is your unique spin or your, you know, focus when it comes to strength training and nutrition? So the the difference between the way I coach people and some of my training philosophies is it's not set on just one way. Um, I'm not 
coaching people through triphasic. I'm not doing five, three, one. I'm not doing West side barbell, um, max effort method or dynamic method. I kind of combine everything to, because everything has its spot. Everything has truth to it. That's why it, it's a method. Um, it's proven to work. So if, if we're trying to, let's just say in the in season, I'm not going to have some, an athlete in season prepping for a one rep max. Our goal in season is to keep you fresh and to keep you free from injury so that way you can continue to excel on the field. So being able to combine all these methodologies and pick and play with where they fit for each person is what I feel separates me from a lot of people because a lot of people are just die hard this way or no way. I mean, if you've, I don't know if you've ever heard of West side barbell, but it's like for them, that is the law of the land. Like you train this way, everything else is bullshit. You're wasting your time. Don't do it. But it's like, I've seen people excel with that. But then I've also seen people do, just doing like German volume training where it's like 10 by 10 and people get strong that way. Everybody's different. And so to, to insist that one way is the only way to do it is like you're, you're missing out on a ton of just ROI left on the table because there, there's just a different aspect to it where if you're, like I said, if you're only going in one way, you're leaving five, six, seven different ways that you're able to get stronger, more athletic or drop the extra weight on the table. Would you say that's a product of not knowing that there are other ways or by making your work on a part of your identity? Like I'm a CrossFitter, I'm a West bar like or West barbell, whatever, you know, what do you think is the bigger issue there? I think everybody wants to have their idea be the supreme idea. Um, with Louis Simmons and West side Barber, like I said, his is you do this. This is the only way that it works. Um, like I said, anything else you do, you're wasting your time. Everybody wants to be the supreme way of strength training. And from there, it's like, I'm trying to think of what the best way to say it is, but it's like, there's not a single best way. There's more than one way to skin a cat. And by insisting that there is only one way, it, it's kind of like, it's just ignorance at that point. I think obviously they do know of other strength of other strength training like ways, but they just feel that theirs is the best. They close off to everything else. And I mean, they see success from it. Like West side barbell over in Columbus, Ohio is the strongest gym in the fucking United States. Like they have all time world record holders year after year after year after year because their shit works. But at the same time, it's like, okay, they have these world record holders, but they're bringing in guys that are already strong and introducing it to them that way. It's not like he's getting some guy like me in there and going in and breaking all time world records. Well, that leads to my next question. You've trained over 100 clients before they start working with you. What would you say is the most common misconception or mistake these people were making? I think trying to gain muscle and lose fat at the same time. You just can't do that. Um, to gain muscle, you have to be in a caloric surplus because you're, you're going to start a huge argument off this. Cause I feel like every time <laughs> this is brought up, there's just huge threads of people going after it. So you're saying that you cannot lose weight and gain muscle at the same time. That is true. Okay. I mean, no, you, you can't lose fat and gain muscle at the same time. Yeah, That's what I meant. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So, so when people think of losing fat and gaining muscle, it's you're leaning out, your muscles are showing through more. doesn't necessarily mean that you're gaining the muscle because you're not, you can get stronger while you're losing weight because it's a different principle. But when it comes to actually packing on size, you can't pack on size if you're in a caloric deficit and you're not giving your body what it takes to rebuild and to add size to your muscles. So are you saying that you're stronger because you're recruiting more motor units, not because the muscles themselves are bigger? There's more fibers? That's true. 
Yeah. Yeah. So obviously the bigger that your muscles get, the stronger they can be. Cause at some point you're going to reach a max where if your biceps are 18 inches, they can only reach a maximum amount of strength at that size. At some point you have to add more tissue to allow that to get stronger, but very few people get to that actual point where, okay, I literally can't, my triceps can't get any stronger. So I have to add on more size and it's being able to split those phases up where, okay, you're going to go through a fat loss phase. We're going to, we're going to put you in a caloric deficit. We're going to up the intensity of your training. And then we're going to change it. Once, once we've got you down to a point where you're steady, where you're steady and happy at, and now we're going to start focusing on adding more tissue. We're going to put you in a caloric surplus. We're going to slowly increase it over time because my, one of the things that I see with a lot of people is they'll go from say they're eating 2000 calories a day. Then they want to be in a caloric surplus. So they jump straight to 2,500. Why don't we jump from 2000 to 2100, ride that out for a week or two, see where you are. That way you don't pack on a bunch of extra fat. Then we'll slowly increase to 22, 23, 24, and get you to the point where your body's able to handle it and to manage it because just throwing an extra 500 calories on for very few people, that's going to do them good. Would you say that people are, or I guess, what are people most averse to when you start training? You know, is it you messing with their diet? Is it them saying they don't have time to train? You know, so let their misconception is, you know, they're, they're trying to add muscle and lose fat. You're like, no. All right, now they're working with you. So what's the next thing that you're seeing a lot of issues with? I think they want to add weight to the bar too fast. Um, and that's a very common thing that you see in the strength community is that it's all about pounds on the bar. And for me, it's like, yeah, having pounds on the pounds on the bar is good, but how effectively are you moving the weight? If you're deadlifting and your back's rounded over, I don't care if you have 405 on the bar. If, we're, if we start working together, I'm probably going to drop you down to 225 teach you how to deadlift the right way because then when you deadlift the right way, we're going to have you way past 405. You're going to be far much safer. You're just going to be a more efficient human being when it comes to lifting weights. Not only that, but your knowledge of it is just going to become so much better. We're going to strengthen your weak links. We're going to build that up because by building up the weak links, your overall goal of deadlifting 500 is going to be that much more achievable. Now, if you're deadlifting and you just care about, I'm going to add five pounds to the bar every week, regardless, regardless of my sleep, regardless of my diet, regardless all the extra stress that I have in the world. It's like at some point you're going to reach a, reach that point. Like we were talking last night where, okay, now you're fighting for three months to add five pounds to the bar. Why don't you give your body a little bit of a break, let it recover and then continue to progress it. And, you know, I've been on both sides of that. So as you're saying, you know, I'm thinking of myself, obviously. And I'm like, man, like there are times where, you know, I think people look in the mirror and they finally have enough. They're like, all right, it's time to change. And then they just want it to happen. <laughs> they're like, all right, I'm up here. I'm ready. But just because your mind is there, the body has to catch up and you can't rush the body as quickly as the mind. That's not how that works. You know, and again, I've been on, oh, I can do that. Let's go to the 400 pound deadlift. And all of a sudden I look like a dog trying to take a shit to get it off the ground. And I'm just like trying to heave it up. And I'm like, man, I'm dumb. Let's do this the right way. And there might be an age thing too. You know, I'm, I'm old and I'm like, all right, I want my body to be strong for the long term and mobile for the long term. I don't need to jack it up. So do you find that your younger or older clients are more, uh, they adhere to your program more strictly? Definitely the younger clients. Um, really? That, That's surprising. Yeah. So that was part of the reason why I got in training youth athletes is because they don't have any bad habits. Like if I'm coming to train you and you've been training for 25 years and you've been training a certain type of way for 25 years, 
whether that's your, your back being rounded over or you don't use your legs on the bench press X, Y, Z, um, I'm going to have to go back and reteach you how to start from ground zero. Whereas when you're getting these new athletes in, you're literally building their base from ground zero to the point where now they're strong enough. They don't have to go back and break down their technique. You don't have to take weight off the bar because I mean, for athletes and for most people in general, the last thing they want you to do is take weight off their bar because that's all that they care about is just seeing the number increase. So being able to start from that ground zero and slowly grow with them to the point where now they're adding weight to the bar, they're moving it efficiently. They're moving it correctly where it's not going to get them injured. They're going to be able to stay on the field or continue training. If they're not a sports specific athlete, they're going to be able to continue training and to continue to see the results that way. Um, I feel like that's, that's definitely where I've seen um, a lot more adherence to the, to the program and a lot less pushback. Cause I mean, if you have a college athlete, they've been training a certain way for the last 10 years and it's gotten them to that level. You're like, okay, well let's drop some weight real quick. Cause we've got a few issues to fix. Then we're going to build you right back up to it. They're like, well, what, what do I got to drop the weight for? And I'm like, just trust me on this. Like, that's literally what I tell them half the time is I'm like, just trust me on this. I can't explain it to you. Now you're not going to listen to me now because you want that weight on the bar. But when it pays off and your body feels better and your low back's not hurting and you're just able to move more freely, you're going to look back and be like, damn, you were right. So I think that that plays into, you know, the total offseason training package. That's just an ebook, correct? Correct. Does that come with one-on-one coaching? No. So that's that's an upsell that I have in the ebook at the end of it. Um, once you buy in, obviously I'll shoot you an email, have your email, stay in touch with you throughout it. Um, I do offer a one-on-one call at the beginning of the ebook um, to custom tailor the program. If you don't have certain type of equipment, um, we can go through and adjust it that way. But it's to give people an idea of what just the programming aspect of it looks like. Um, Because then from there, when they see, I mean, just from a few of the guys I've worked with in FOE, they're like, the way that you program and the way that you coach is totally different than I've ever seen before. I mean, these guys have been training for 15, 20 years. And it's like, I feel like for most people, they just find one way and they stick to it. Whereas, like I said, I continue and I just continue to, to grow my knowledge and strength training. And if I see something that's not working as well, I have no problem subbing that out with something else and being able to continue to roll with that and continue to just push people past that point is like, okay. Well, and that's, that's sort of why I was asking the question that way, you know, you're talking about the athlete needing to trust you you know, trust is formed over a period of time and proven, you know, worth when you say, Hey, do this. And I'm like, all right, dude, I don't think we should do this, but you're saying to do it. You're the coach. I'm going to listen. And then I do it and it works. I'm like, all right, now you've earned. Now I 100% believe you where before it's kind of like, I think you're right. You know, you are a coach, you've done this, but I don't know until I do it. You know, I, I strongly encourage anyone listening and I've got a link to the program below you know, to take that call and to look to see if you can get more and you do offer, you know, one-on-one. So I would, I would definitely follow through. Like I said, for myself, right now I'm taking classes for Muay Thai just started. I mean, week two, been getting my ass kicked. That's not something I could YouTube though. That's not something that I could sit and, you know, read in an ebook. Like I, I need a dude there to like kick the crap out of me and show me why I'm doing it not as good and how I can get better. And I think training, not just uh, physiologically, but psychologically, I think people need to talk through some shit before they really dive into it. It's not just, Oh, I don't know how to hold the bar. Well, it's like, fuck, I'm going into this and I'm, I'm what am I supposed to be thinking about? Where, where's my headspace supposed to be? How do you align? What do you feel first? Uh, an ebook can't capture that, you know, where I do think, you know, coaching. And that's why, again, I, I strongly encourage anyone that works with you to make sure they follow up and 
take that call. But without, or what has your experience been, especially with uh, COVID, with having to work with people via Zoom? Are you still able to maintain that bond as coach and athlete? Are you still able to push them to those greater heights? Absolutely. So most of my coaching is online right now. I do have a few people in, in the Indy area that I've got one lady that I'm going to her house um, and training her. Um, but a lot of my coaching is online right now. So with that comes the 24-7 um, text and email access if you have any questions on the programming. Um, you do get three video breakdowns per week. So what I do is I have clients set up a phone next to where they're squatting or bench pressing and they'll record their set from there. They send it over to me. I do a total video breakdown where I can draw on the screen, show them what I'm seeing firsthand, or we can even do it on a zoom call. I'll hop on a zoom with them, pull the video up so they can actually see themselves doing it. I've had great success doing that because when you're doing the actual movement, you don't notice the small things. You don't notice your feet wiggling when you're bench pressing, whereas a coach can go back and say, okay, look, your feet are moving for the first five seconds. You're just losing force output that you're, that, that could be aiding and helping you get the bar up. And so being able to offer the, the online services like that has, has been great for me because it doesn't require them to train at a certain time. It doesn't require me to train with them at a certain time. It's more freeing for both people, but at the same time, for the most part, they're getting better results than some of the people that are in person because, like I said, they get the video breakdowns. They get um, you get a, a total grocery guide with that takes all the all the guesswork out of grocery shopping and it has a total macro breakdown on there. Um, but yeah, I mean, for for the most part, with my online clients, they they're crushing it. I mean, across the board, every person that I've posted on my Twitter in the last two months, their progress pictures. Those are all those are all online clients. One guy's out in Iraq right now. And he's still training and he just continues to send me the videos. And that's the thing too, when it comes to coaching is you only get out of it what you put into it. So if I offer the three videos a week and you don't send them to me, there's nothing I can do about that. You get, you get what you put into it. And so the people who do send me the videos, I'm able to break it down. I'm able to adjust the programming because if not, I'm I'm to an extent, just guessing, okay, what do I think is your weak link? Because I can't see it firsthand. You know, when you look at the opportunities that COVID and Corona living has presented, I think that's one of the biggest ones is people are finding ways. Well, you can get the training, like you can send the video to you, like you were just saying, but you can do it, you know, at eight at night. Hey, I worked out earlier, but I couldn't talk to you because, you know, it's busy or I had work, whatever. But that electronic connection, like we're doing right now, you know, you're in Indiana, I'm in Rhode Island, and here we are having a conversation live face to face. You know, it really has opened doors for those who take advantage. You know, and one of the things that I think that works around is schedules. And I think that's one of the biggest issues I see with people, especially with my uh, demographic, you know, the family men working with these guys, they've got kids, they've got wives, you're recently married yourself. How are you juggling your own training while coaching others while being a present husband? And, and for, for all, you know, uh, transparency, the schedules worked out perfectly that your wife was on the podcast yesterday where we talked about, you know, the group that she had grown circle of grace and now you're up. So I get to talk to the whole Clevenger crew. So it's pretty cool, but you guys are busy. How are you maintaining your training, coaching others and being involved in your family? So I have a three hour block set up every day, Monday through Friday. That is a non-negotiable um, from three to six. I'm at the gym. I'm either on my way to the gym, on my way home where it's like, I'm not on my phone. I'm not doing anything. Like I'm hundred percent dialed into whatever the training session about the brain because I mean, for those of you who know strongman training, like it takes a toll on your body. Like I'm beat 
to hell from yesterday's training. And so today I'm going to lay off of it a little bit. Um, but that, that three hour block that I have from three to six is just non-negotiable, no shopping, no doing anything else. Um, that's just, that's my time to just totally go to the gym and let loose. Um, from there, I found it very effective to do all of my clients work at the same time. So I, I would schedule out a block on either Saturday or Sunday when I don't have anything going on. And that's when I write all my programming. I'll go through and do all the video critiques because you get in that flow state. And once you get in that flow state, it's like I can write up 10 clients programs totally customized from from ground zero because I'm working with all different exercises. Everybody has different access to equipment. So I'm automatically having to select based on what what they're using, going able, being able to go back and look at what they did their last wave, what we need to continue to work on. Um, getting into that flow state. And then outside of that, it's pretty much just open free time. And I feel like that's one of the the best things about being self-employed and, and running your own show is like, once you get your work done and, and your training's done, like the rest of it's time for you to just enjoy with your family. So we have a, we have a non-negotiable date night um, on Friday nights where I don't care what friends are doing. I don't care what family's doing. That's our time to go and connect and get away from everything. Um, and then from there, after I get done with, this uh, prep for my next strongman competition in April, we're doing a two week vacation. Just, I'm not going to be training. I'm not going to be worried about anything nutrition wise. Obviously I'm still going to try to keep it um, as close as possible, but that'll be just my time to, to get away. No, it's beautiful to hear, you know, too few make family the top priority. You know, they find a reason to make everything else to include their, their job. They'll make work more important than family. That drives me nuts. But to think of you, like knowing the training you do to think of you having two weeks off, you're going to come back into the gym and like lift the gym up itself. Like you're going to be fully healed, like full Hulk mode, ready to go. That's badass. I look forward to hearing how that, how your return is after that time off and actually recovering. Yeah. It's, it's going to be really nice too, because this competition that I'm doing is going to be kind of like a halfway point because nationals is going to be in October. So the last time I competed was late December, right around my birthday. Um, so this will be like a five, five month period. I'll be able to base my strength on where I'm at. Hopefully by then they'll have the, the um, events listed for nationals. I have no clue where it's going to be at. I think they're still waiting on planning on seeing where the Arnold Classic is going to be. Um, and obviously the dates for that, but that'll be kind of like my midway point. I'll take two weeks off to just unplug. And then once I come back, I'm fully refocused and going in um, for nationals to get my pro card. Well, that's excellent. And it's badass. And, you know, we'll be watching from the sides, cheering and banging, ready to go. You know, we had Nick Lowry going after his first match. You know, you're getting after it. We're like, yeah, it's going to be awesome to to see you. And we'll all be living vicariously through you. <laughs> so gotcha. without without giving the magic, you know, of what's inside the, the secret sauce of your 15-week program, for people who sign up, what what sort of is the rundown or your breakdown? What can they expect nutritionally? and training wise when they come to you? So starting with the nutrition plan, um, I was doing a base nutrition plan for my clients, but I wanted to take it a step further because typically when people, when you go to the store, you don't know what everything has obviously outside of like it's nutrition label. So what I did was I made the entire list that way you can look through based on what your macro breakdowns are and stuff like that before you even go to the store and figure out what it is that you want to get. So there's a chart on there. It has all the, the protein, the fat and the carbs um, for each food and it's all whole food. So that way you're able to go on there, select what you want before you even go to the store. You have that list made, go in there, get out. And you know what it is without having to log your food, without having to check the nutrition facts on there. Um, I've already done all that work for you from training or from the training aspect. 
it is five days of strength training and one day of like athletic movement training or kind of like a prehab rehab day where it's going to be more jumps, um, just more athletic work in general. Um, we're going to be doing, you'll be doing sprints. You'll be doing, um, just a wide variety of, of shoulder mobility and hip mobility just to keep the body fresh and having that be in the middle of the week while everything else is surrounding it kind of gives you like that break for a day where you're still pushing it, but you're not pushing yourself to that limit where you have a bar on your back. Like nothing that you do on that day has a bar on your back. Um, it's just meant to keep your body fresh. And then from there you'll, you'll have a main, um, you'll have a main upper body day, a squat day, and then we'll have like a shoulder and arms day, and then it'll take you into a deadlift day. Um, and that's kind of how I've laid it out. So that way you're able to have 72 hours between your squat and your deadlift. And you're able to have 72 hours between your bench and your overhead press. So it gives your body enough time to recover um, before that next training session. So what I see with a lot of programs is it's like, okay, we're going to squat Monday. We're going to deadlift Tuesday. We're going to bench Wednesday and we're going to overhead press Thursday. And it's like, well, if you do a heavy squat on Monday, your body's not going to be anywhere near ready to deadlift on Tuesday. And then you're already going to be beaten down for Wednesday and Thursday is going to be shit. By the time you get there, then you have three days where you're doing nothing. That's when your body gets tight. That's when you don't see the progress. So I've very, I've been very specific in how I laid that out to, to give yourself enough time. Um, and then I do give you Sunday off um, just that way you can have it with family or literally just recover if that's needed. Yeah, and again, that, that really plays into why I wanted to talk to you. You know, there's too many cooker cookie cutter routines and I think you brought this up, you know, you said, if you have a six pack, all of a sudden you're a coach. And then somebody says, well, what are you, what do you, what's the program you use? You're like, I don't know. You, you have no idea what you're teaching your clients. You have no idea what you're, you're, you were able to cut body fat percentage, but that doesn't mean you're a trainer. You though, Jeremy are a trainer. There's a, a method to this madness of yours. And for somebody that can walk around with 800 pounds in their back, you know, that's a testament that your programming works. You know, you're living it, you're going through it your clients, you know, their success stories. I see a lot of it on Twitter, you know, so you have the proof in the pudding. And now I think it's time just for people to see with the world and the state that it's in, you know, with COVID and all that, the greatest investment we can make is in our health. And I think the biggest mistake people have made is allowing this to pull them back. And we're somewhat in an echo chamber. And I, I always try to keep that in mind on Twitter. I've got a bunch of motivated dudes. Yeah. That's how we came across each other. That's how I found you. So I've got a bunch of people like that inside the fraternity of excellence, a bunch of dudes getting after it. 100% motivation. It's, it's hardcore. They just stick to it. It's, it's badass. But in the real world, and if I go to the mall right now, or if I go, you know, to my, my kid's baseball game and I see the other dads, not everybody is living up to that ideal and not everybody's at that point. And we, there's no excuse not to. So for anybody that's looking to connect with you because they have had enough, they're ready to make a change. What's the best way they can contact you or to talk or sort of pick your brain and see if they're a good fit to be a client of yours? So all of my social media is under the same handle. It's big underscore germ 200. And my email is trainwithgerm at gmail.com. So if you have any questions, feel free to shoot me a DM, um, shoot me an email that way I can just get you on my mailing list. I also do have, um, in my Twitter bio and in my Instagram, I do have the 15 week training package for anybody that's interested. And like I mentioned, uh, that does come with a free 30 minute consultation for anybody to discuss just what training with what training with me looks like. And I'm totally open to answering questions in the DMS for anybody that needs help as far as that goes. 
big germ has to be the greatest like weightlifter and like call sign, you know, username there is big germ. It makes sense though. You live it. It's your life. All right, Jeremy, thank you for your time. And thank you for coming on the podcast. No problem, man. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. For everybody that tuned in, this was a talk with strongman, husband, and coach Jeremy Clevenger. Thanks for tuning in. If you have questions, links to all of his content can be found below. Again, this has been another episode on the Family Alpha Podcast. Thanks for listening. You can join our private men's-only community at thefraternityofexcellence.com. And don't forget to find Zach on Twitter and Instagram with the handle at ZachSmall underscore.